Thank you for tuning into Life Church Podcast. Wherever you are listening from, we hope and pray that God does a mighty work in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Usher service this morning. And uh, as they serve you, after they pass you, if you do me a favor, go ahead and pull out your life notes. And um, uh, we're going to jump in. I realize I took a little long right there, but that is important and vital uh, to us um, to continue. Amen. And so, um, hey, it's a great... Uh, We've had a great week. Some great things have happened and uh, taken place, and I can't wait to express and share some of that. So, uh, JV, I forgot to dismiss you. If you are in 6th, 7th, or 8th grade, you're having service right now over the venue, so it's not too late. I'll forgive you if you stand up uh, and run out. They have donuts. That's all I got to say. They got donuts. All right. Lots of good things happen around donuts. <laughs> and so, um, but we've been in this message series entitled Relationship. And to bring those maybe who have not been here or you're watching via online or live stream and you hadn't been a part these last three weeks, uh, just to catch you up with a 90-second update, I believe that God has one desire, and the number one desire, he wants us to be in relationship with his people. And we watch from creation to the end of time that there is a thread that runs through Scripture, and these thread, this thread is a principle of God's desire to be in relationship with his covenant people and for us to know him, to love him, and to serve him as he is our God, he is our heavenly father, he is our El Shaddai, he is our Jehovah. And uh, we're going to talk about some of that this morning, but we decided to take the Ten Commandments. That's why it says relationship, the number 10 right in the middle, the Ten Commandments, and show how this thread runs through the entire Old Testament and the New Testament because these are principles that God is downloading to his children and he wants to get them inside of our hearts, not because he's approved, not because he is a dictator sitting on the throne looking to have a rod or a staff and to beat us over the head with it, but because he loves us and he cares about us. And so as we're taking the Ten Commandments, seven of the Ten Commandments start off with thou shalt not. You've heard that. You've seen that. Uh, start off the you should not or whatever translation you might be reading from. King James, thou shalt not. So seven of those ten maybe have an initial context of negativity. And that's not God's heart. It's equal to mom or dad saying, don't go play in the middle of Highway 31. And your child looks at you and say, but mom... But dad, it's so much fun. We get to play like dodge the car or whatever. And he may survive for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes out in the middle of Highway 31, but eventually destruction is coming down that path. And so God gives us principles and parameters to have a strong, healthy relationship with him for the commandments have to do with our relationship with God. Six of the commandments have to do with our relationship with each other. And so week one, we started off with, um, thou shalt have no other gods before me, the principle of priority, of putting him first. Week two, last week, we talked about the principle of purity. Thou shalt have no vain images. Y'all should make no images in other gods. And so how we have to walk in that pure relationship. And, and I, I don't look for anything else to meet that place in my life that he has intended to meet. Week number three, here we go, the principle of Character, all right? You're going to hear me say a four-letter word. That's not a cuss word. A four-letter word, name. Everybody say name. name. Come on. Uh, we can say nombre if we're Spanish. We can say whatever, all right? So name is, is what this particular uh, um, commandment has to deal with. 
Maybe you've heard this, maybe you've read this one before. Exodus chapter number 20, verse number seven says this, you shall not, remember one of the seven that starts off with those same words, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. I grew up saying, what does it mean? Maybe another translation you read says, do not profane the name of the Lord. Do not take the name of the Lord thy God's name in vain. I grew up where the interpretation of this verse was GD, or uh, maybe an expression, and we'll address maybe that towards the end, but uh, an expression of, oh my um, God, or oh my gosh, or any of those. And I grew up, and I, I can remember getting slapped in the mouth a couple of times by my mama, all right? Nobody else grew up with mama like that. It's like, we don't talk like that. She pals like, Yes, ma'am. And so I grew up like that. And that's what this was interpreted as in really my my whole life. And I was studying this week. I'm talking about revelation. Just begin to pour forth of what truly it means to profane the name of the Lord. Because his name is valuable. His name is important. His name is carries a a weight that you and I need to engage in. And I realize this message series is a little bit different than what we normally do, all right? I like the the excitement, and I might would teach this discipleship series on a Wednesday night, but I'm telling you that I'm telling you, I believe we're standing in the middle of a moment where the Lord is saying, I want you to be a true, organic disciple and follower of Jesus Christ. And that's why we're wrapping our arms around these principles this morning, all right? So what does it mean to profane? I put three things there in your notes. What does it mean to profane the Lord's name? And we're going to see why his name is so important. Number one, there in your notes, is simply this, is do not put his name on something that isn't his character. See, there's been wars waged in his name. There has been acts committed in his name. And literally, that can be translated to profane his name. So for you and I in our lives, maybe you're sitting here today and somebody because to carry his name, even Christian means to be Christ-like. And so whenever I carry the name of Christian in my life and in my heart to be Christ-like, maybe you're sitting in here today and somebody has profaned his name against you. They did not act very Christ-like. They wounded you. They hurt you. They offended you. They manipulated you. They did something in your life or your heart that caused you to step back. And whenever we put his name on something that is outside of his character, because his name is his character. Whenever I say maybe of John Brown that you went to school with or you work with and you say he doesn't have a good name, you're not talking about the consonants, the vowels, and vocabulary of the pronunciation of his name. Literally what you're talking about is his character's messed up. He don't have a good name. You can't trust him. He might manipulate. He might take advantage of it. He might steal from you. He don't have a good name. Are you with me? So whenever Christ speaks of his name, when God speaks of his name, he's not speaking of the consonants and the vowels. He's literally speaking of his character and who he is. And we look in scripture of the power of his name. When he looked at Moses and Moses said, who shall I say sent me? He says, tell them the Yahweh, the I am. I put there uh, in your notes this morning, simply this Elohim. There's other names. Does it mean that God's got many names? And the answer is no. In the aspect of 
call on the name, call on Jesus, call that I understand that, but the attributes of his name, the character of who he is, Elohim. You can keep them up there. All right, we're gonna come back to them. I got some other quick fingers on the clicker today. All right. Refer Elohim refers to God's power and God's might. The name Yahweh refers to he is the I am. That's who he told Pharaoh to say had sent him to deliver the children of Israel. Abba refers to uh, the attribute of him as our daddy, our father, our father which art in heaven, our Abba, father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy, oh, oh wow, dude, wow, I just found another one. I didn't quote that first thing. Hallowed be thy name. Oh, okay. You're going to say name shows up hundreds of times. And the question is, we say, what does it really mean to, to revere and honor and to protect and love his name, all right? El Shaddai is God Almighty, Jehovah. Then that even goes deeper into Jehovah Jireh where Abraham calls him Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Shalom, the God who is my peace. Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, that we understand and we see that his character, literally who he is, who he is is our God. Who he is is my provider, my Lord, my Savior, that I want to be found guilty of never profaning his name. And so how do I profane, Brad? It's that number one I put there. Don't put his name on something that isn't his character. Look at Ezekiel chapter 36, verse number 20 says this. And whenever they went among the nations, it's talking about the children of Israel. Whenever they went among the nations, they profaned my holy name. All right, y'all hang with me. You are going to get tired of this four-letter word today. You're going to hear it 18,000 more times, right? And uh, for it was said of them, these are the Lord's people, and yet they had to leave his land. I had concern for, I had concern for my holy, right there, my holy name, which for the people of Israel, they profaned it among the nations where they had gone. They were literally carrying his name, Yahweh his name into these foreign nations and they were profaning his name. Does that mean they were standing up and using uh, GD or saying an expression? The answer is no, but he was literally saying as they carried his name, they were representing him and because they represented him, <laughs> they were doing acts that was outside of his character. I'm carrying his name with me to work tomorrow. And whenever I have an attitude that's outside of his character, can it be possible that I'm being found guilty of profaning his name? I'm going to talk to you a little bit. What do I do, Brad, when I know that I'm not carrying his name well? That I'm not carrying his character well in my life? The good news of the gospel is that he gives us the way that we're supposed to handle as a New Testament believer, whenever I messed up, all right? I'll explain that here in a moment, all right? Let's continue reading. So uh, we don't uh, uh, put something that isn't his character. Let's keep reading here. Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 10. Um, I put this there in your notes, right? It says, the name of the Lord is for... I was like, God, I said, why couldn't you have just said that the Lord is a strong tower? That would have been accurate, yes, and so one of the most powerful things you can learn in Bible study is to ask why. So why did he say the name of the Lord is a strong tower, a fortified tower? The righteous run into it and are saved. John chapter 1, verse number 12. Uh, I want you to see this this morning. It says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his <laughs> Hey, I, I, I pray some of us go, wow. 
I thought I just, could, I, could the verse have not read those who believed in him? Yeah, there's other verses. The believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. But we see this verse here, he's saying, why is he using the terminology, those who believe in his name? Because it's not by receiving just him in name only. It's understanding his name is who he is. It's his character. It's his attributes. It's who literally God, when I believe in his name. All right, a couple more verses, and uh, then we'll, we'll get you this morning. All right, John chapter 17, verse number six. This is Jesus praying in the garden of Gethsemane, uh, and he's declaring, he says, I have manifested, I have revealed, do we got it? Yeah, John 17 says, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and I, <laughs> they gave them, I'm sorry, anyway, they gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Let me read it to you out of the uh, NIV version right here. It says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. John 17, a few verses later, John 17, 11 and verse number 12, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world for I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your Name. He's praying this prayer, protecting by the power of the name, the name that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with you, I protected them and kept them safe. How did he protect the, the disciples and keep them safe? By the name that you gave me. None has been lost except for one doomed by the destructions of the scriptures would be fulfilled. There's something about this name. And it becomes common to take the name of the Lord, thy God's name, in vain. Vanity is about self-serving, self-seeking, self-desiring. And profane means I can make it common. To make it common, to make it normal, to make it average. But instead of saying, and I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to, to go to Israel. And I found one thing really interesting as uh, we hung out with some Messianic Jews and even some of those who were just following Judaism and uh, were not Messianic. But they won't even say the name God. They'll pronounce half of it. Or when they're writing it on a piece of paper, if you ever see a Jew who's writing, they'll put G-D. Or they're spelling out Yahweh. They're, they won't write the full word. But not because fear-based, but because of reverence. Of a revering and saying, I don't ever want to treat your name as something that's common. But I want to have a holy, holy, righteous Understanding of that. Number two, there he knows. Number one is to put his name on something that's outside of his character. Number two, um, there is at the beginning of your notes this morning, is to give him credit for something he didn't do. You can profane his name by to give him some credit for something he did. So, what do you mean? Have you ever walked into um, a situation or a circumstance and you say, I don't know why God did this. And the truth is God didn't do it. That it was maybe a personality or a principality that caused it to happen. We live in a fallen, sinful society in a sinful world. I cannot explain to you why uh, men would walk into a, a school and there would be mass school shootings. I can't understand to you why there would be uh, bombers who would strap bombs to their chest and walk into a market and explode themselves. I can't explain those things to you besides that they are just absolutely driven from the pits of hell. John 10.10 10 says, for the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes to give us life and life more abundantly. And so whenever I'm, you're sitting here today and hey, can I profane his name, Brad? You absolutely can profane it by putting his name name on something that he did not do. And I don't understand why sometimes bad things happen to good people. I don't. When I stand before God one day, I'm going to say, Lord, I want to know why bad things happen. I don't get it. 
But whenever I say, God, you did this. Can I drill for just a minute? And I understand it's silent and I may not get an amen at this point. But there are men and women who become hurt and wounded in the church because somebody that was carrying his name took advantage of them, hurt them, wounded them, disappointed them. And then for how can you, something happened to you. Hear me today. I'm going to help you. This is called discipleship. For you to blame God for something that somebody else did in your life, my friend, you can be found guilty of profaning. I'm not going back to church because of what that person did to me. And I understand they may have misrepresented Christ. They may have not carried his name well. They may have not carried his character well. They may have abused, took advantage of, they may have mistreated, they may have stabbed you in your back and in your front. They may have absolutely been underneath the control of self and flesh or, or of influence, whatever. But for me to stand on the side and to put God's name on something somebody else did that he didn't have anything to do with, I am literally profaning his name. And that sets you back a little bit because this country boy is talking to you today. I've done that several times in my life if I've literally blamed God for the actions of somebody else that was carrying his name. And we serve a God that heals. And that's why you see, uh, listen to me today. I want you to see this. Whenever they come to arrest Jesus, Peter had maybe uh, the best of intentions. He jumped out, he pulled his sword and he cut the ear off of the high priest servant. And literally to defame the high priest servant, to serve in that role, he could not have any defects in his body. He couldn't be missing any limbs. He couldn't have ever had any uh, sickness or disease that caused deformities. And so he was literally taking the livelihood of this young man uh, away from him. He was wounded. He was one of the first people in the New Testament church to be wounded by a disciple that was not carrying God's character the way it should be carried. What did Jesus do? He steps in and he healed him. So maybe for some of you in this room today, maybe some of you watching via online, you need to realize you're profaning the name of God because you keep blaming God for something that somebody else did. And it was not him because that's not his character. Are you with me today? And so we realize and understand that. So here we go. Number two. Number three, there in your notes today, you take credit. How else can I profane his name, Brad? You take credit for something that he did. How ignorant it would have been. Can you imagine? Jesus is walking into the city of Jerusalem, coming to the city of Jerusalem, and they get this donkey that, that uh, he's going to ride in on the, backs, on the back of the donkey of the, the young colt. And everybody's cheering and jeering. And I can imagine whether it's like the donkey from Shrek. I don't know, all right? But that donkey's got a little straight. Look, man, I'm doing good. They, they clapping for me. And the truth is today that you can profane his name by trying to take glory and letting pride and flesh come in your life over something that he blessed you and a gift and a talent and something that he brought inside of your life. Are you with me today? All right, making sure that we, we, all, we got this on the same page. Here we go. Uh, here's what he says, Romans chapter 10, verse number 13. And I'm gonna give you two points. How do I align with his name? And then y'all can go eat lunch while I do third service. All right, Romans chapter 10, verse number 13. It says, for everyone who calls on his, there's something about this name. 
Could it not have just read, everyone who calls upon the Lord shall be saved? Yes, it could, but I think there's something he's trying to drive home to us in this relationship with him about having reverence and fear and an awe and understanding who his name is and what his name is inside of our life and heart. So whoever calls on his name shall be saved. Philippians 2, 9 says, therefore God elevated him to a place of high honor and he gave him the name above all Names Now, so Brad, okay, how do I do this, Brad? How do I uh, uh, follow this discipleship journey? I don't want to profane his name. I want to walk this out. Here's the, the absolute, download it, get it to the simplest form we can. We want to align ourselves with his name, with his character, with who he is. Line me up, God. And how do I line me up? Number one there in your notes is I line, him up in, I line my, myself up in prayer and with his will. Whenever we pray, I could, we could quote literally dozens and dozens of scriptures. Whatever you ask in my name, that shall I do. And the truth is, is that we've probably seen in society um, people who have tried to manipulate this idea of prayer and the concept of prayer and praying in God's name and say, what do you have? What's your desires? Whatever your wants. And scripture speaks real plain and clear to this. Even Jesus praying in the garden, when I read you a while ago in John chapter 17, he ends with father, not my will be done, but your will be done. And so the, the biggest battle that I have in my life is coming to God in prayer and allowing my life and my heart to be aligned with him in prayer. And, and saying, Lord, change me. God, I don't align myself. So I, I promise you, his will always looks like his word. And whenever I come to him in prayer and I start off by praying his word, if I'm praying his word, I'm praying his will. Let me show you what happens though. There's people that maybe you've been taught some bad theology about prayer. And I wanna be as clear as I can be. Don't, I'll say what I say and say what I mean this morning. All right, it's being recorded, it's being live streamed, all of the above. Do I believe God wants to bless you? The answer is yes. Do I believe God wants to prosper us? Yes. Do I believe that God wants us to live a life of abundance? The answer is yes. Do I believe that God also understands that we are human, we are flesh, and we are driven by our self and fleshly motives most of the time? And so the bad theology where the pendulum got swung so many times was this idea, and if this overcooks your grits, my friend, just deal with it, go on, pray about it, and ask God to reveal it to you, right? If they swinging the pendulum to this name it, claim it mentality, that I can put my hands on a BMW or a Mercedes and ask it in his name and I get anything I want because I've got the Jesus' name credit card and anything I want in my life, I just swipe it and he gives it to me. But your motivation is driven by yourself and your vanity, don't take the Lord's name of God in vain, by your vanity and by your selfish desires and your motivations is not to advance his kingdom or his will or to manifest his character. Your motivation becomes about you and yours and getting what you you can get to meet and satisfy your own happiness and your own sinful desires. And so today, here's what happens when we see some people who want to pray in his name because they wanted people to, man, look how awesome they are. Acts chapter 19, I love this story, all right? Band, don't you go ahead and come up with me this morning. We've got just a few more minutes. Acts 19, 13 through 17, watch this, all right? A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva were leading 
the priest who were doing this, but one time, I love this, right? They went straight up Alabama country boy on them, right? But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. The story of what happened was spread around. Can you imagine? And, and, And it's funny and it's humorous, but the truth is, how many times have we really said, God, I want you to do what I want you to do. And I pray for you to do what I want you to do. And we're not concerned about him doing what he wants to do through us. And God, it's not about your will in my life. It's really all about my will. And Lord, I need you to align your will with my will. And I'm gonna, because I'm gonna stand on those verses, it says we're to agree and gather upon one thing there, so it shall be done. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. I'm gonna stand on those verses and I'm gonna ask this. And God, I want you to do this for me. Instead of aligning ourselves and saying, Father, put your will inside of my heart. I love the verse, Psalms, that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he would give you the desires of your heart. Delight means to become moldable and pliable. It means to be shapeable. So whenever I come to him in prayer and I begin to align myself, and say, Lord, I want your will. I'm fixing to make a few statements this morning that are not popular and they're not Americanized comfort Christianity. And if that's what you're looking for, you're not going to get that from me this morning because the truth is his will is not always comfortable. His will is not always easy. You can name, go through, study the lives of the men and women of the gospel. 11 of the 12 disciples were martyred for the cause of Christ. Jesus endured the cross to the joy that was set before him. And that was that relationship with you and I. The Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, was beaten. He was imprisoned. See, a lot of the things we preach and teach and talk about, and we say how God wants to make you comfortable, and God wants to make you happy, and God wants to do all this. And and I believe, don't get me wrong today, there is absolutely an element. But the, the, the truth is today is that my happiness, how can Paul write in Philippians 4 while he is in uh, prison in Rome? How can he write and say, I am content? In all things, I am content in, in, in lack. I'm content in abundance. Has he tapped into something where we spend our time praying and seeking for happiness and seeking for stuff and seeking for fulfillment when at the end of the day, the greatest fulfillment you'll ever have is to know when you lay your head on your pillow at night that you are a son and daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, somebody. Let's give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise right there because that is what his name is about. And his will is not always comfortable. And anybody who ever tells you, here's what's going to happen. If anybody tells you the will of God is always comfortable in your life, it will cause confusion when you face resistance. You'll say, I must not be in the middle of his will because life's hard. And I hear people come up and they'll say, Brad, this, this must be God's perfect will for my life because all the pieces of the puzzle just fell right in. And I love it when that happens. I've had moments that, the doors just fly open and you say, man, that was just God's perfect will. That thing just worked. And I've had moments where I felt like I was walking God's will and I am climbing an ice-covered mountain wearing ice skates in the middle of a snowstorm with my face blindfolded. It's like every corner I turn is resistance. And see, when you have to realize and understand his will is not always easy. 
His will is not always comfortable. His will is not always convenient. And I know this is big boy medicine. If you wanted to be spoon fed and you wanted some milk to drink from, we could have sang some children's church songs this morning. But what I'm trying to feed you right here and give you right now, my friend, this is meat for a disciple to put on your plate and eat. Because sometimes his, sometimes life's hard. And sometimes right in the middle of his will, my friend, it hurts and it's painful. And I've got to run to his presence and fall on my knees. Say, God, I need you. And if possible, let this cup pass from me. But if this cup can't pass, and this is my cup to drink, because I don't want an Americanized gospel, God. If, if it can't be preached from the secret churches of China, God, then I, it shouldn't be preached from the pulpits of America. Places where if you are arrested, you could be put in prison for the rest of your life. Places where you could literally be killed because of the cause if you decide to carry his name. Where you could be beat. I don't sound like a lot of fun that many people want to sign up for, but if I want to align myself, say, Lord, I'm going to be right in the middle of your perfect will. And number two, there in your notes. We're almost done. I know I'm going long, but it's okay. I didn't read it, but James 4, 3 says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. I'm not going to sing the Garth Brooks song. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers, but I could. <laughs> He's a big God who knows. Amen. Second, Number two there in your notes. How do I align myself with him in proclamation of his acts? Jeremiah gives us a verse and then we're gonna move on. There's several other things there. There's, I gave you a bunch of verses in Psalms talk about what we should do with his name, to proclaim his name, to praise his name, to glorify his name. Those things we should do in our life. For the sake of time, I won't read those, but I encourage you to it. But uh, Jeremiah says this, bounce back, go ahead. Click on uh, 23 again. Go verse uh, chapter 14, verse 13 through 15. Just a few screens before this one. Ready? One, two, three. Sure. There you go. Whatever I ask in my name on the screen, I get it. Here we go. Then I said, O oh, sovereign Lord, their prophets are telling them all is well. No war or famine with come. The Lord will surely send your peace. The Lord said, these prophets are telling lies in my kind of interesting. These prophets are telling lies in my name. I did not send them or tell them to speak. I did not give them any message. They prophesy visions, revelations never seen or heard. They speak foolishness made up in their own lying hearts. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will punish these lying prophets as they have spoken in my name. As clear as I can say it, we're almost done and we're going to go into a moment of worship right here. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do inside of our lives and hearts. Do I believe God still speaks? 100% absolutely yes. He said, my sheep shall know my voice. I've had moments in my life where I know that I know that I know that I've heard God speak. I've never heard his audible voice in my life at all. I do, have, do, I, do I believe people that said they have? Sure, because there's biblical precedence. But I've had moments where God spoke to my heart and I knew that I knew and I was able to step out like Peter said, upon your word, I'll step out of the boat and I'll, we'll walk on water. But I've also had people come up to me and they'd say, Brad, I feel like God told me to tell you this. And they would tell me something. It would be right on, man. Just boom, 100% absolutely accurate. 
100% a download from heaven. And I've had other people who walk up and they say, Brad, I feel like you got to this and they weren't prophesying, they were prophesying, right? Just the honest truth. And you have to be close enough to him to know his voice and the confirmation of his word in your life and your heart. But here's where I think we can be found guilty of profaning his name. Listen. And I'm going to be honest with you. I stand before you today and I've done this. I've had to repent. So Lord, forgive me. But whenever I use his name as a platform for my own selfish desires, people walk up and say, God told me to do this, Brad. And it's, they're going and really pursuing their own selfish game. And God didn't tell them to do it. Had somebody walk them off one day and said, God told me to divorce my wife. I said, hold on a second, buddy. I said, let's look at scripture. Remember, because we know his word always looks like his will. I said, has there been marital unfaithfulness? He said, no. No, we just grown apart and I don't I don't love her anymore. And she don't look the way that she looked in high school. offended and God told me that I need to do this and the answer is God probably didn't tell you if he's going to speak to you he's going to tell you to go over here and fix the wound the ought the offense what's happening inside of your life but so many times we like we got we have to play that card God told me to do this God told me to go there God told me to and the truth is it wasn't him telling you it was your own selfishness it was your own emotion. It was your own desire. So all I'm, the reason I'm telling this is I want you to be careful. I want us to be careful. Me, I want Brad Sheets to be careful. If you ever hear me say God said or God told me, then, then take it to the bank. And the reason why that's so important is because when I know I've got his word, it don't matter what personalities or principalities that we battle, but I can stand on his word and his promise and his truth in my life. And I don't, have things just have to go smooth and easy in my life but I can stand because I know that I know that I know that I've had his word so today I want to challenge you my friend be careful that's why you hear a lot of times I feel like something's the right decision but I don't know that that's what God spoke to me you know what I'll say I'll say you know what hey man I, I Brad feels like this is the, what we need to do I've had moments that hey this I know that I know that's what God's spoken let's do it Break the bank, sell the farm. Let's go for it, baby. We're all in because this is what God said for us to do. Then there's other moments you go, eh, are you with me today? All I'm trying to do is to don't spiritualize by putting his name on something in a decision you're making for yourself because you're profaning, my friend. And here's the good news today. We want to take serious. Don't profane the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't walk in vanity and today as we say holy spirits are in here in my life i've been doing this the good news of the gospel because we know exodus chapter 20 verse number seven he says that those who profane my name will not be found guiltless oh no here's the good here's the new testament good news is the bible says that he took my guilt and my shame as he hung on the cross so you have an advocate with the father that i 
can simply say, God, I repent. I'm so sorry I have profaned your name. God, I have not carried your name. I've not carried your character the way that I should. God, I put your name on stuff. There was really my own selfish desires and selfish ambition. God, I blamed you for things that other people have done in my life. And it wasn't you because your character is you're a good God. Your character is that you're a powerful God. Your character is you're a loving God. And even though there have been some Peters that swung a sword and misrepresented you and carried your name wrong into battle, God is not you, so I won't put your name on it. Are you with me now? Y'all stand up on your feet with me this morning. He's an awesome God, church. Listen, I know today's just a little bit different. I know it's a little bit unique, but I want you to ask right now. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, how does this apply to me? And I didn't have time. I ran out of time. We didn't talk about it. But I'm, I'm telling you, it may sound old fashioned. It may sound a little bit religious, but we need to revere his name, my friend. It's not okay for the for genie to come across your lips. It's not okay for you to have expressions of frustration where you take his name and out of context or you put his name on something that's not his will it's not okay for us to, to live a life where we are profaning and taking his name in vain if we're going to be true about discipleship we're going to say God I want your name to be holy I want it to be revered God I want to walk in a reverence of your name this morning From with your eyes closed and front to back come on right now I'm going to ask Pastor Hadley out here one last moment of worship she'll dismiss you here in a second but I don't want you to leave this place without having an awe moment with the Lord to say, God, I know your name is holy. God, I know your name is powerful. God, I know your name. Maybe you're in this place and you've never called on the name of the Lord for salvation. You can do that right here, right now. Say, God, I call on your name. God, I want to know who you are. You can give your life to him. Come on, let's sing this this morning. Pastor let's call on the name, the name above every name. Come on, church family. We tell him this morning, Father, we love you, Jesus. Can you sing it this morning? Let's sing it like you mean it. podcast. Join us next week as we continue our current message series. You can stay connected with us via social media. Just search Life Church Harsel or Life Church Coleman. We hope you have a great week.